You're listening to the regular podcast from Pete the Vet's blog. This was first broadcast on East Coast FM. Our vet, Pete Weatherburn, is here. Good morning, Pete. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. Good. And are uh, you going off to India then? Ah, uh, yeah, heading off tomorrow morning. Lions, tigers, what else do you um, have in India? No, neither of those. Penguins, no? Those. No. No, I'm uh, uh, well, no. <laughs> not have lions and tigers in... Uh, they have elephants, though, don't they? They do have elephants. And I remember when I was in India before, I remember seeing an elephant just wandering down the street between the cars... And they had one of those things on top, what they called, that people sit in. Uh, there's a name for them. A seat. Hoodie or... Hood, oh, right. Okay. You know those, whatever it is. I do know the ones, anyway, yeah. And there was a guy asleep on top of this elephant. So he was the guy in charge of the elephant. The elephant obviously managed to get away from where it was tied up, and it was just wandering around. And the guy was fast asleep. And this random elephant wandering down the street. <laughs> what a weird thing to see. So I, I wonder if... I suspect that in 25 years, India's got a bit more organised and a bit less like that. And but what colour was the elephant? Hmm? What colour was the elephant? What colour? It was grey. What yeah. do you mean? It wasn't white then. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it was just, it was an Indian elephant and they, they are used as beasts of burden over there. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a fascinating country. But we're, we're actually, this isn't a holiday. We're going out with a group from Greystones Presbyterian Church. There's eight of us heading off. Um, and in fact, we're, we're planning a live Skype um, interview with the, with the church on Sunday uh, with a big screen at the front of the church. And we'll be in Delhi um, and we're going to connect up like that. And basically, what we're doing is we're, we're travelling um, with a, a charity called Asha. And we're, we're going to a slum um, where we're going to help the, the charity with the work that it's doing in the slum. Um, the charity is base, basically mostly doing um, medical work, running medical clinics there, um, educational work, giving the children, the slum children, the chance to be educated. And they've actually brought some of the slum children right through to be university graduates now. And they've gone on to get kind of jobs suburbs of Delhi and giving the money then that they earn back into the, their parents. Is this similar to, say, the Hope Foundation? Similar, right? similar ideas to that, yes. Because I heard that's very harrowing and I usually get transition kids going over to that. Yeah. But they've got to have counselling before they go and, in, and debriefing counselling when they come back because some of the scenes and experiences they have are very, um, you know, traumatic and it affects their... Their, their mind and yeah well we're, we're going with our 16 year old daughter as I say and, and her friend and so we're, we're not we don't have anything formal like that organised but we certainly talked a lot about what we're expecting um I'm, I'm actually taking a, a bit of a veterinary angle while I'm there because I, I feel kind of that's my area and the strengths that I have are more there than in more of the general community stuff. So I'm looking at the whole issue of, of rabies um, and I'm going to try to do a sort of dog census in the area and try to lay the, lay the grounds for, 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 for getting some sort of rabies vaccination scheme set up for the street dogs in the area. The whole problem you see is, well, rabies is still a very common disease. Over 60,000 people die of it every year globally, 60,000, and most of those are children. And of all the countries in the world, India is a country with the biggest rabies problem. Um, it's, there's, it's, a, it's a difficult problem uh, in the sense that once a human is bitten by a rabid dog, if they don't get the, um, the anti-rabies treatment immediately, by the time they start to show signs of rabies, which might be two or three or four weeks later, it's too late to do anything for them, and they always die. And it's a horrible death of sort of having raging episodes of, of madness 
um, interrupted by periods where you're completely normal and conscious of what's happening to you and you, you know the doctors can't do anything other than say to you look you're going to die and get ready for it it's a horrible horrible thing so it can be prevented and the World Health Organization believes that um, it can be eradicated from the planet within 15 years so that seems very ambitious um, and part of my role when I go out to this slum is to have a look at what's happening with rabies in the slum and see how it could become part of this program to eradicate the disease. And are there just roving dogs abandoned? Yeah, or well, which you see, work? in India, so-called street dogs are part of the ecosystem. They don't have good rubbish collection like we do. You know, there's nobody coming along to pick up wheelie bins every week. Rubbish just kind of gets chucked. And dogs are a necessary part of the system as it stands um, to stop the, 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 the rubbish becoming, um, causing other problems. Like in one area, they decided street dogs are contributing to rabies, let's get rid of the street dogs. So they rounded up all the street dogs and took them away. And what happened? Um, a rat population explosion happened um, because the rats were able to feed on the, the garbage that the, the dogs had been taking and there weren't any dogs to get rid of the rats. And what then happened was there was an epidemic of bubonic plague. So it just shows you that the whole situation with street dogs need to be handled quite carefully. You need to control them. So spaying and neutering them would be a really useful thing to do so there's not too many of them. And what you also need to do is you need to vaccinate 70% of them. If you vaccinate 7 out of 10 of the dogs, that is enough to stop rabies coming into an area. And it's very simple. You go out with nets, you throw the nets over the street dogs, you vaccinate them, you put a red collar on them or a daub of paint on their head, and then you know which one's been done. And so, so, so basically, once you, I'm, I'm hoping, for example, well, this slum area, it measures 500 metres by 3 kilometres. That's how big it is. And I'm hoping to get some idea of how many dogs there are there. Maybe there's 100 dogs, maybe there's 500 dogs. I want to work out how many dogs there are there and we can then um, get in touch with the, the rabies vaccination teams and see if we can get them to go in and, and vaccinate. And the situation getting better because you often hear a criticism of India that it is enormously wealthy and enormously poor all at the same time. Well, it is that... Um, but it, that doesn't mean that we can just sort of stand back and criticise it and say, look, you're enormously wealthy, enormously poor, sort yourselves out. You know, they still need practical help to, to deal with the big issues. I mean, I think that the most astonishing thing about the country is the size of it. Um, it's, it's The country is 40 times bigger than Ireland, but the population is 300 times bigger than Ireland, if you can imagine that. So, you, you know, it's trying to get coordinated responses in place to big problems is very, very difficult. And um, it's, there is... Although you might say there's wealthy and poor people in India, much more than that, there's wealthy and poor parts of our planet. And although we in Ireland often feel, I think, that, that you know, life is tough, it's nothing like as tough as it is for the poorest of the poor. We still, as a society, have plenty of money. Overall, so, you know, when it comes to enough money to survive on, people don't starve like they starve on the streets of India. So what difference will you make when you come back? You know, you say, I'm leaving this behind now. It won't have changed, you know, that much. And that's not, you know, you know that already. It's only eight of you going over for this brief visit. But what impact do you hope to have? Well, I, th I think it's really, I, I feel like we're, we're one cog in what is going to be, what is a really massive machine and all the cogs contribute together towards moving things forwards. Like I say, the World Health Organization wants to eradicate rabies in 15 years and they need people like me to go to areas like this and begin to put some structure on the situation. So then they've got this information and they can then move to the next stage of putting in some 
place some more detailed kind of a of a plan but it's a long-term thing i can see i only planned to go out for this short trip i didn't have any longer-term ambition but now that i've learned more about it now that i can see that rabies possibly could be eradicated not just from this slum but from the whole of india and indeed the whole of the world within my lifetime i feel i'd like to be a part You're of that the case and if i if i can okay. look back on it when i retire in due course and say look rabies is now gone that'd be that would be a wonderful sort of legacy feeling to, to have been part of that Okay, thanks very much indeed, if people, Pete. Want, if people want to know more about it, by the way, if they go to my blog at petethevet.com, um, you can even donate money towards this cause if you like. Uh, just follow the links and you'll see what I mean. Okay, petethevet.com. Uh, Peter Weatherburn, our vet from uh, Old Connor, Bray Vet and Old Connor in Bray, and you can see him on TV3 as well. But petethevet.com is the website.